Hello and welcome to the Controller Talk Podcast, presented by Danfoss North America. Our goal is to bring you information about using Danfoss controls in the supermarket and warehouse industry, specifically in the U.S. and Canada. We're doing these twice a month for now. You can catch these podcasts wherever you get your podcast, and it's also available through the Danfoss Ref Tools app. For the video version, check us out on the Danfoss North America YouTube page. Search for Controller Talk to see our video collection. I'm Dave Yoder, along with Chris Brown. So Chris, you were at AHR recently. I was. We both have some travel miles under our belt here recently, don't yeah, we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so how many people stopped you for autographs? Down there? <laughs> well, I'm still here, so it wasn't enough to retire on. Okay. Okay. And you uh, appeared on another podcast, right? Yes. For everyone that knows Trevor Matthews, which I'm assuming most of our listeners do. Yeah. I spent some time on a podcast with him, did some things at the Dan Foss booth with some of the, the products we have there. So good to... Uh, Expand out a little bit and get on some other podcasts while we were down there. That's Trevor Matthews from the Refrigeration Mentor fame. That is the one. Yep. Okay. And then you uh, cut a very short video for him as well. Yeah, I think that one I've already seen up somewhere on social media, but just uh, a little product overview on our system manager. Yeah. Yeah. You brought the energy. I'm impressed. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard after three days of that show. Let me tell you. (laughs) That's why we have key caffeine, my friend. That's it. All right. Well, Chris, uh, you know, you've been around long enough to know that uh, refrigerant leak detection has come a long way in the last 20 or 30 years. And uh, in the the past century, uh, leak detection was certainly far from a perfect science. Um, I can remember standalone leak detectors that would pick up refrigerant and all sorts of other stuff um, like diesel exhaust and cleaning chemicals and even uh, decaying produce if that happened to be too, too close by. But as the leak detection technology improved, new uh, options started to hit the market, mainly by using a pump to pull in air samples from different parts of the building and then reading those samples and then translating that sample into a PPM reading. So uh, there are a few different manufacturers that have made these gas monitors, and one of them is made by Bacharach. Um, so today, according to my research, uh, MSA, Bacharach, Yokogawa, and Merco are all under one umbrella. And um, we'll go back a couple years here, and we'll start with the Bacharach HGM 300 leak detection system and talk about that one first. Yep. Yeah, we're in the in- information age. So, I mean, leak detection has always been a part of the equation, but more so now than ever, just whether we're shutting down case controllers or, or whatever else we're doing. In the system, I mean, this is just a, a another piece of knowing everything that's going on with the rack. Um, so yeah, uh, HGM 300 though, back to that. Uh, so what we're doing there, or what the, the HGM is doing there, it's pulling in air samples with a pump. Um, it's analyzing those samples with a photoacoustic infrared bench uh, that, that's checked for the, refriger- the refrigerant molecules that the unit was programmed to detect. So based on the, the refrigerant type. Uh, and then so that, that leak detection unit, it had some different options with it. Um, it had an option for a display and keypad that you could install with it. It had another option that we typically use uh, even today with some of the, the recent models, uh, a four to 20 milliamp card. So we're not tapping into the thing directly over Modbus or anything like that. We're using four to 20 milliamp outputs to give us some readings back on our end in the system manager. And just there, sorry, but they, yeah, yeah the, uh, 
the recent model, the HGM MZ, different card than what you've got in the 300. So it, uh, for us, it's different part numbers. You're not going to use the same card in a 300 as you would in a MZ. Yep. Yep. I think that HGM MZ was called the HGM 400 at first it and was. then uh, changed to MZ for multi zone. And that's pretty much the current model. Yep. Uh, and that's what most people are seeing. Uh, it comes with the display and keypad built in, so it's kind of nice. Probably been close to 10 years that one's been out now, right? You're probably right. Yeah. Time flies in this industry, man. You got that right. Okay. So today we're going to talk about that uh, Baccarat HDMMZ and more about the interface to the Danfoss controllers. So the HDMMZ stands for Halogen Gas Monitor Multi-Zone. And uh, so in that unit, you'll program in the tubing length for each zone, what refrigerant you want it to look for, and then the uh, HGM displays the PPM level measured on each zone. Uh, now, Danfoss sells a connection kit, and in that kit, you get the dual 4 to 20 milliamp card that goes inside the HGM. Uh, you'll get two 250 ohm resistors, and you'll get a manual. So in that connection kit, that allows the zone and the PPM information to be displayed um, along with uh, you can name the zones and you can log your readings and you can alarm out, a, alarm out on that um, from the Danfoss controller. And this HGM has two outputs um, from that card. One tells you which zone you're on and the other one tells you if there's any PPM reading on each zone from 0 to 1,000 PPM. And then on the, the system manager side, now it becomes a matter of where do I go to look for those readings. And so I think the 255, we, I've gotten some calls over the years because guys don't necessarily know where to look. I'm sure you have too. Yep, yep. Um, but so in the 255, if you're on the main menu, there's an option off to the right side for store info where you can find your open and closed store hours and some basic information. That's also where the leak detection's been placed under. So you'd want to go into store info and then leak detect. On the 355, 800, 800 A's, it all falls under our, our miscellaneous category. Um, so if you're in one of those uh, systems and, and specifically looking from a computer, uh, you want to make sure under file you've got the checkbox enabled to show miscellaneous on your dashboard or else you're not going to see them without digging into the controller further. Yep, good point. No. Uh, regarding the history logging of, of the individual zones, you can turn on history to have each zone uh, logged. What you don't want to do, because we are reading two 4 to 20 milliamp signals, you don't want to enable the history just on the, the analog points themselves. That just gives you some, some useless data, basically, that right. is going to throw you off. Um, so you want to make sure you're going into the history portion that, that you're enabling it for the individual zones. Uh, to enable that history for each zone, you want to get into configuration and history to start off. And then you're going to see uh, if you're in the, the newer system managers, it will be a tab, but there'd be a, a section for other data points. And uh, underneath other data points, there's going to be a listing for each zone name. Um, and you can enable history there, uh, usually one or two minute interval, something like that, that we're setting it up for. Yep. And when it comes to the wiring between the HGM and the... Uh... Danfoss uh, input board that has to be correct. There's only one way it's going to work. And um, the so the HDM sends out two of these 4 to 20 milliamp signals, and um, we install those 250 ohm resistors so that it'll convert that over to a 1 to 5 volt DC signal that the input board can, uh, can read. So 
the resistors can be installed at the HGM connection where the wires terminate there or on the input board, but it's probably preferred to put it at the input board because that's where most people are going to look for it first. Yep. And then the um, when it comes to assigning the points, um, you can't just uh, land those anywhere. Um, those points have to be two consecutive points on a Danfoss input board, and you have to have the zone input first and then the PPM input right after that. I know the 255 prompted you for that. I can't remember if the newer ones do or not. I don't think it does. Yeah. Yep. You got a little bit of an assist in the 255 with that. But right. Definitely something you got to keep in mind still. Yeah. After listening to this, everyone will know. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you're in the setup, you're enabling how many zones you have. Because, I mean, some it may be 10, 12, 16, whatever it is. It's going to change from site to site possibly. Um, but you go into our controller and, and you're enabling how many zones you have. And you need to make sure that that's matching how many have been set up in the HGM. Because with the one of the two 4 to 20 milliamp signals, the, the zone one specifically, um, how many zones are set up plays into to where that signal is as it's going from one zone to the next in the readings. So just an example, if you have 12 zones in the HGM and, and 12 in the Danfoss system manager that are set up, um, this, the signal is going to take that one to five volt range and it's going to divide it into 12, uh, 12 steps or 12 sections, however you want to define that. And so the, the, by doing that, the Danfoss controller is going to know that each step up in voltage from one to the next, uh, that's going to represent the next zone in the list that it's reading. And, and that's how it knows that, Hey, on minute one, I'm reading zone two, minute two, I'm reading zone three and, and jumping from that standpoint. Um, when it's reading each zone, the controller is looking at the second input, that second voltage, one to five range, which is your PPM reading. Uh, one volt equates to zero PPM up to five at the max. Yep. If the Danfoss controller or something we've seen in the past, that the Danfoss controller is not updating the readings or the zone that it's going to, um, one of the things we usually start at there is it just seems like something may have gotten frozen or locked up. So mm -hmm. just resetting the controller always seems to help out in that situation. Yeah, the Danfoss controller. Right, yep. right, the Danfoss controller, not the leak detector. Yep. yep. Okay. So uh, for some customers, they might not use that uh, dual 4 to 20 milliamp card. And in that case, they can use the relays that are built into the HGMMZ and that will just send contact closures on four different inputs over to the uh, Danfoss controller. So in the HGM, their relays are listed as uh, leak, spill, evacuate, and fault. So in that controller, the leak, spill, and evacuate relays can each have a different PPM trip level and different alarm delays. And then um, normally the, the lowest alarm is going to be your leak, and then you kind of go up the ladder from there. So a a higher PPM reading is going to be your spill alarm, and then the, the biggest one is called evacuate. That's just how they, they label the relays inside there. And then um, whether or not you use the 4 to 20 milliamp card, it's usually a good idea to use the fault relay yeah. uh, in case the HGM comes uh, against some kind of problem. It could be anything from a kinked line to pulling water into the unit or um, a filter problem or anything. Yeah, and if the guys are, especially with the four relays there, you're going to 
usually find those set up under miscellaneous just so that yeah. the guys are don't get thrown off there. That's not something you're going to go into store yep. info and leak for. Right. Yeah. For us, it would be miscellaneous and then on off inputs. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to set up an alarm for each one. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's no alarm going to be there by default. Yep. Um, so if there is a, uh, alarm code or an issue in the, uh, HGM MZ, then the tech support for that, uh, comes from MSA or Bacharach right. and, um, they know what the alarm codes are. There's diagnostic screens in there that they can look at, uh, to really pinpoint, uh, voltage issues. And, um, they can tell you whether it's something you can, you know, fix on site with a screwdriver or whether you're going to need a part yep. uh, for those. All right, so that's uh, a short and sweet synopsis of the uh, interface from the the Bacharach unit. Um, I think overall it's proven itself. Yeah, and there's not, yeah. I mean, from our standpoint, there's not a lot of differences in the system manager between a 300 and the MZ. So yeah. if you're familiar with one, then you know how the other one's going to work. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, some customers have put them in just to kind of tell them, okay, I have a problem uh, or a big problem. And then other customers have kind of dialed them in to the point where they're alarming at 5 PPM. Yep. And it seems like a nuisance at the time, but they tend to turn those a little alarms into finding little leaks, which prevents uh, other leaks. Yep. And I said earlier, but they become big in, on the walk-in side if we want to shut off the valve. And if we've got case controllers in or, or some type of control at the walk-in, specifically, then these readings can become big and shutting refrigeration off at the walk-in when there's a leak. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to uh, everyone's favorite part of this podcast, and that's Stump Chris. Everyone except one person. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> majority rules. Uh, so inside the Bacharach, there's a filter in there, mm -hmm. and um, it's round and it's white, and uh, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, do you remember what the name of that filter is? Is that the charcoal filter? Uh, that's incorrect. Darn. <laughs> that's outside of the unit. <laughs> that was a lousy guess, but uh, I went for it. Okay. Uh, no. If you get this one right, I'll give you a bonus question. But I, I, well, I see that's even more incentive to get it wrong then. <laughs> yeah, I can see you struggling. Yeah. Uh, so that filter inside is the hydrophobic filter. Okay. Yep, and that's Bacharach's name for it, and it's based on what it does. It, if it gets water in there. Um, it has a media that will close off the flow and it'll throw an error code and keep you from pulling water into some of the more expensive parts of it. Okay. And um, I'm guessing you didn't know its part number uh, from Bacharach is 07-1650. Whenever you want to stop showing off is fine. <laughs> uh, like you said, it's the information age. There I looked you, this stuff up. There you are. Um, but yeah, we don't sell that. You have to buy that one from Bacharach. But, uh, but yeah. So clearly, we have to bone you up on some. I'll listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get yeah. up to speed. <laughs> That'll teach you. <laughs> All right. So, how about listener mail? So, um, we had a customer up in Massachusetts, probably Mike from Massachusetts, asking about our DGS leak detector. So, yes. that's a Danfoss leak detector that's standalone. And we used to sell those based on the refrigerant that you wanted to pick up. Yep. And now we have them grouped into three different groups, plus CO2 is its own little leak detector. But um, the question came in, uh, what um, in a particular store, they're planning on changing refrigerants. Mm -hmm. And that change is going to take them from their existing group two refrigerants into a group three refrigerant. 
So the question was, can I just change the sensor and I'll be good to go? And the answer is no. Now, uh, there's because of the way the electronics is calibrated, you have to change the whole unit yeah. if you end up changing from one refrigerant group to another. So uh, it was a good question, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would assume there's some things mounted right inside the unit itself that just can't be swapped over. Yep, yep. And you would be assumed correctly. <laughs> They've got the three groups for a reason at yeah. the end of the day, right? That's right. <laughs> I should ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll flip that around next time. <laughs> right. All right. If you'd like to drop us an email with a question uh, or suggestion for topics to cover or a comment, you can email us at ControllerTalkNorthAmerica at DanFoss.com. Thanks for listening. Our studio and video engineer is Michael, don't call me Mike Beckerman. Our audio engineer is back again, Raul Garcia. Maria is back and she's here on time. And the new guy is Josh Tignall. Hey, I learned something about Josh. Did you know that? Uh, he's addicted to placebos. And uh, I, he can quit, but it wouldn't make any difference. That's an old uh, Stephen Wright joke. I thought you'd appreciate that. Out of my element here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're welcome. Until next time, for Chris Brown, I'm Dave Yoder. Stay cool.